0: Today, we are talking defense. Once again, i got Jim McGill with me, but I also have an interview with head coach Justin Wilcox. We're going to talk about a bunch of things, including the injury to Brett Johnson that's coming up right now. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Bear Insider, Ultimate Insider Podcast. I am Mike Pulaski, Hall of Fame Cal quarterback, and today we're talking about defense, because what's more natural for a quarterback to be talking about than defense? But the Bears have something going this year. I think they got some talent across the board. We're going to talk defense with Jim McGill. Later on in the podcast, I'll be talking to Coach Wilcox. We're going to talk about a bunch of new faces, a bunch of guys that he has high expectations for, and also about how the injury to Brett Johnson affects the team. That's coming up. But right now, let's bring Jim in. Jim, welcome back to the podcast. Let's talk defense. You've been watching them all spring, all summer, as we talked about. Tell me what you think this defense is going to look like now. And obviously – You know, the elephant in the room is Brett Johnson, the best player on the team getting injured.
1: I expect a good defense this year. Obviously, um, Brett's absence is going to be deeply felt on the defense. He's a dominating player that you have to have Oftentimes two players account for him because he's so strong. Um, They did have a a top three defense last season without him. So they have something to compare it to. I like the depth of this defense quite a bit more than last year's. And even though it's a young defense, they bring back some freshman year experience where there were a lot of young standouts. So I'm pretty bullish on this D that the biggest question mark in my mind is the defensive line. We, we saw, Early spring, a lot of high hopes for that group with a lot of depth. But when you take out three potential rotational players, um, that's going to affect any team. And if they didn't have good depth heading into spring and they lost these three, that would be really tough. But they they may just have enough to weather the storm. And we can talk a little bit about that.
0: Yeah, the fact that they've recruited so well at that interior defensive line position is huge. You know, we talked about it. Brett Johnson is, and I'm going to let coach get more into it. Brett Johnson is arguably the best player, football player on that team. And you lose him going into a season. I thought he was a huge loss last year. He's a huge loss this year. Uh, But you already lost Stan McKenzie, too, at that inside spot. And so, you know, you've got some guys that were going to be not just rotational players, but really starters, guys that you counted on up there. Um, And so other guys are going to have to pick it up. But I think they're going to be pretty good. I'll let you go through the D-line, start it off with us. Uh, well, since we're already there, let's start there. The game is won and line uh, lost at the line of scrimmage. Uh, and so on the defensive side, that Im- involves the big bodies up front getting after the quarterback and stopping the
1: run. The guy who arg- arguably had the most impact on the defensive line last year is Ethan Saunders. He had three and a half uh, sacks and a bunch of TFLs. And he was just a redshirt freshman. So he just continues to get better. The staff loves him um, at the uh, – Nose tackle position, you've got Ricky Correa, and he's made an interesting transformation. He was one of those rare guys that could play at a really high weight at 355 last year, but still be quick, a sideline to sideline guy. That's very, very unusual. But the strength and conditioning staff challenged him to maximize his physical potential. So he lost another 20 pounds, and he doesn't even look like the same guy. I mean, he, he looks so much leaner, and to be lean at three thirty-five, and it's like some kind of magic trick. <laughs> I don't know how in the world he does that, but he he's moving even better. So he's looking good up the middle, and then on the other side, you've got Jaden Roberts. He's a guy that was a flex guy last year that played both inside and outside. Um, I think they want to see consistent effort out of him all year, but he's one of the strongest guys on the team. The offensive lineman will tell you that uh, if they get consistent effort out of him, he's a guy that can can cause some damage in there too. Um, one guy that has made an interesting move this fall is Achille Calhoun. They moved him to outside linebacker just to test him out in the spring when there wasn't as much depth there. And uh, now that they got a little more thin on the defensive line, they moved him back to defensive end in the start of fall camp. But he's another guy that uh, has come in a lot leaner and stronger and quicker. And it looked like looks like the light has come on for him after kind of a sluggish spring. So I expect him to be a, a key backup, too. Um, overall. You'd like to see a little bit more depth there. And when you lose two starters or or McKenzie and Correa, they were kind of one A and one B. And then a depth guy um, like Wilkins, obviously you can't rotate as much as you would have liked to have, but there still is a lot of talent there. So the, the hope is that they can weather that storm.
0: Yeah. And coach Wilcox described it, the defensive line and receivers. We talked about receivers the other day, kind of the same position, young guys, great talent, need to prove themselves. And so that's going to be a big piece of it. You you talked about uh, uh, getting, you know, bigger Ricky Correa looking slim at 335. That's called winning the genetic lottery. Like, so when you have genetics like that, you're going to look slim at 335 and hopefully be a beast on the interior. You know, as a nose guard, 335, strong looking lean, uh, you should be able to control at least both a gaps, you know, be there and, and, and be solid in at least one and leave the other a gap to a linebacker. Roberts is one of those guys who plays hot the way coach described him. He will go. He'll give you three, four great snaps in a row and then kind of settle in. He'll be gassed. And so they need to find a way to temper that, to manage that. And he needs to find a way to be able to play at that high level every single snap. I agree with you there. On the outside, Saunders really kind of showed up towards the middle and the end of the season uh, and started making plays. I remember calling his name a lot on the radio. And so he's a guy that needs to take that mantle now. So between he and Correa, they need to take that mantle. And then Roberts needs to be that big play guy. uh, If he's going to be working that three technique, he needs to be a guy that's working there or at that defensive end also needs to do it. I like the line because you have guys that are interchangeable, but what used to be depth, what used to be a lot of guys in there that could kind of get it done now has gotten very thin. And so that's a concern uh, just due to injury and and guys, you know, Stan McKenzie being gone in terms of Brett Johnson being gone uh, and Wilkins, like you talked about being gone with those guys out. Um, it makes it tougher on that defense. And so they have to find, they're going to have to find a way to play more nickel. You can't stay in nickel all the time or else teams are going to beat you down, but you have to find a way to play more nickel, which means you only have two of those interior linemen on the field. And you have more outside backers, more backers on the field, a position that the bears are deep at. Uh, but if you do that, and you can find a way to manage it with personnel, I think they have the potential to be pretty good on that interior line.
1: Yeah, that's the saving grace. They do play a lot of uh, nickel formation where they've got those two linemen, but when you've got big outside linebackers that are lining up like Xavier Mm Carlton and Odua Isabor and some of those guys, you know, they're, they're 275, 260 strong, quick, fast twitch guys that can provide you a lot of rush. So they they're they're guys that could naturally play defensive end without stretching things, so that helps a lot with that too.
0: Yeah, and more actually moved from a DN spot, you know, at UCLA, kind of up to a standup guy back and forth. And so playing that outside linebacker spot now for him, at least as a rush guy, it's a natural position for him. He's probably in terms of outside backers the most versatile, most talent for versatility. If you if you get what I'm saying, uh, I don't want to say he's the most athletic because there's some athletic dudes in that group. But he's the he has great talent to do it all, to rush the passer and to be a guy who can take up space and drop into coverage as well. And so I think uh, that outside linebacker spot are guys who either played at other schools uh, in ease of war, or guys who have kind of played and yet to fully emerge because Cal had Cam Good for a long time at that position uh, last year. Marcus Bimage came in at that position and played extremely well from Texas. And so that outside linebacker spot, you may see – A few of the inside guys moving out to that outside spot from time to time as well. If they get into more passing situations, if they get into more situations where they need to play maybe a little man coverage on tight ends uh, versus running backs, that kind of thing. A little versatility because they are so deep at that inside linebacker position.
1: Yeah, the, that that uh, that position versatility you see it throughout that defense. You you have a lot of guys that could play nickel or a corner, safety or nickel or safety or corner, inside outside, and uh, that gives them maximum flexibility to be able to to design their defense around their weekly opponents. And I, I think the coaches really appreciate that flexibility. It just allows them to do a lot of things that they're not locked into with this defense.
0: Yeah, especially with what they do on defense, right? That. That nickel two five defense is really interesting to look at, to watch uh, as an analyst, as a quarterback. I appreciate it because it's tough to read the way that they move line, the way that they make offensive lines kind of use up bodies, uh, pointlessly use up bodies by showing them, you know, a four man side to one side, getting the slide, and then looping guys back in. Uh, I think they do a really nice job of creating pressures That way. And so I don't think pressure is going to be all on the defensive tackles inside. I don't think it's all going to be on defensive ends. I think scheme is going to be a big part of it. And that inside linebacker group uh, allows them to do that with scheme. I'll kick off on the linebacker since I keep talking about it. I think uh, adding sermon this year, excuse me, is a huge addition. He was such a performer at Washington, such a consistent down in down out guy uh, for Washington that I think having him back there really stabilizes that group. I think some of the young inside linebackers last year, Nate Ricina, in particularly a Danville product, who really showed up, made plays, and kind of grew into the position. I think he's going to do a nice job at that inside linebacker position. One guy, and I said I was going to talk about guys that were injured last year that are really going to add depth or add to the team. Um, You may have thought I was talking about Brett Johnson. But Blake Anzalatis, he's a guy that was – he was slated to start last year. He was going to be day one starter before he got injured in camp. And so I think he's a guy that's really going to add to that linebacker position as well. I think he helps out that room. He's got some nasty to him, which is always good to see at that linebacker spot. And so I think they're going to be pretty solid in there. And then, of course, Femi Aladejo. Like, this is a dude. You look at him. I think he's 19 years old, just a baby. And he looks like he's chiseled from granite just keeps putting weight on getting bigger, but staying fast at that inside linebacker position. And so he's going to be day one, Mike, he's going to be starting at that spot. He is an absolute physical freak, right? He's a guy that I expect to be a next level guy playing in the NFL for years and years. Uh, he is a fantastic, and not only a good player, young player, but he is a great leader in terms of his energy and what he brings to the team and how I've talked to guys who actually worked with him in the off season not in football, but outside of football. And they talk about how inquisitive he is, how he's always asking questions, how he's always trying to improve. And so this is the kind of guy that you need at that spot where that's the quarterback on the defense. That's the kind of quarterback you want running your team.
1: Yeah, boy, <clears throat> Femi is just all business out there. He he is so dialed in, both on the field and off the field. The coaches almost have to chase him out of their offices. He's, he's just, he wants to see film all the time. He wants to talk about how he can get better. He is definitely dialed in. And I'm really interested to see the year that Jackson Sturman has. I mean, he's the number two returning tackler in the conference this year. And you, you listen to U-Dub fans and they, they think they, they – I mean, listening to them talk, it's like they, they got rid of some dead weight, which I think is insane. But, you know, if you go to practice – you stick around a little bit. He's the last guy off the field. He's, he's slamming those tackling dummies. He's working with Peter sermon his father on technique. He's the guy that wants it. He's a guy that's physical and gets after it and he knows what he's doing out there. So that'll be really interesting to see what kind of an impact he's going to have on this team this year. This his veteran presence has been unmistakable. All the, the linebackers are really happy to have him in. And yeah, I do love the, those backups, Nate, man he came in last year I think he played in six or seven games and he had three interceptions he was second in the conference as a linebacker in six or seven games insane his ball skills are great being that he was a former receiver and occasionally lined up in a flex sort of tight end type of situation um that's exactly
0: right so I actually so in high school when he was a true freshman I actually coached him on the JV team at Mara and so he's just a really good football player really smart kid great kid um and and a guy who, like you said, fantastic ball skills for a linebacker.
1: Yeah. And uh, I, you talked about uh, Blake Ancelados. He's a real interesting case. He was just a, a dynamo in high school, um, just a guy that was all over the field, the kind of dog that you want to have on your defense. But he was undersized. and He came to Cal and, and he just didn't have the size to, to be an impact player. And then he got hurt especially last year with the ACL and it's great to see him back and he's he's put on good weight I think he's around 2 240 or so right now and moving really well so he's a guy that's going to be able to spell those starters and and uh, keep the aggression going and uh, a sideline to sideline tackle guy and I even like their their third string I mean Trey pastor is a guy that had some real nice impact last year as a, a red shirt freshman and and uh, a guy that's really interesting that moved up is uh, Ryan Puskis. He's somebody that was buried on the depth chart early on. A lot of it was because of injuries, and some of it was because of size. Um, he's bigger now. He's stronger and faster and healthier. And you look up, and you're like, who's this guy that just made that play? I don't recognize that number, but it, it's Puskis. So he, he played his way into the, the rotation in the third string. And normally third string wouldn't see a lot of time, but this defense rotates a lot. So you'll see him out there in certain situations too.
0: Yeah. And then again, so uh, it's just a multiple defense, right? You talking about the West coast. It'll give you a ton of personnel groups. Well, these defenses will give you a ton of personnel groups too. It's kind of different things to look at. And I think as much as anything, different groups to have to study on film and practice for the next week, if you're an offense coming in. But I think overall to me, that inside linebacker position is the strength of Cal's defense. I think that's, you know, like we talked about with Jackson sermons and then Rachina coming back and then, Femi, obviously a stud, you know, the depth of that position, the intelligence, that position, guys who have proven that they can play at that position. I think that is the strength of this
1: Cal defense. Would you agree? Yeah, definitely. The, the, the middle of the defense is where they're going to funnel a lot of the running plays and these guys have coverage skills too. They're going to do a lot of things out there that are, are going to set the tone for the defense.
0: Yeah. And when you talk about the Washington fans, it's like the pretty girl who got entitled because everybody loved her. And so if you don't tell her their address is pretty, she thinks you're an awful person, but they don't, they don't recognize that they lost a hell of a linebacker in Jackson Sermons. That's all there is to it, right? Pretty They're true. horrible the quarterbacks. They were awful when Jake Browning was there. He was only the leading passer in Washington history, you know, and you throw one pick against Cal and you're in trouble or, or that was a, uh, that was not Browning. He got pulled for that, which started the feud. Uh, it was actually the quarterback out here from Danville as well, who went on to almost beat him at Fresno state. Yeah, so Hainer, Hainer, exactly. And so, you know, they're pretty fickle up there. They're, they're uh, Washington fans are an interesting crew. Let's just put yeah. it that way. <laughs> uh, so let's go on to the secondary now. So we talked outside about linebackers. Cal- let's grab them. Oh, okay. Well, I went over them already. You could, you talked to hit me with your outside linebackers.
1: So that was a position that was um, looked at as one of the thinnest on, on defense or really any unit on the team before spring, but they had some real impact transfer guys. We talked about Otawa Isabor a little bit he's definitely provided a lot of uh, instant impact there he's good on the rush good in coverage he's he's a guy that's all over the field um, and then you bring in Xavier Carlton who had been a defensive end but uh, now he's bolstering the the depth on the outside linebacker core and he's another versatile guy that can do a lot behind them you you've got a lot of guys that can make an impact too you've you've got uh orin who is a, a rush specialist uh you've you've got miles williams who really flashed a, a lot in the spring uh, now with these new guys coming in he didn't get as many reps in the fall but uh, he's a he's a dynamic pass rush guy too they've built up a lot of good depth there so they have position flexibility athleticism a lot of different ways they can use those guys so that that's gone from being an an area of potential weakness to an area of strength as well with good depth
0: absolutely uh, and I'll let you take it from there. Talk to me about DBs, your thoughts.
1: Uh, another area of strength in the defensive backfield is uh, is the safety group. Those guys legit go three deep. Um, you've got Craig Woodson coming back from his ACL, and he's a super athletic guy. A lot of people don't know he was a high jumper in high school. He high jumped 6'5", and being a guy who's 5'11", 6 feet, that's that's really impressive. He's super athletic, and he combines that with a hard-hitting ability. Um, and then you've got Daniel Scott, who's just the consummate veteran back there, sixth year senior. You don't see that too often. And uh, he, he's always in the right place at the right time. Great ball skills too. One of um, Cal fans' favorite plays where we jumped that ball at TCU. TCU, and yep. Yeah, just brings a real stability to that defensive backfield. And behind them, you, you've you got uh, a lot of good, good players too that are going to find their way into the rotation. Like... Ray Woody, the Florida State transfer, he's one of the hardest-hitting guys on the team, just loves to play ball. Um, Miles Williams, the they call the the two Miles Williams BMW and TMW. He's the Texas Miles Williams. He's not as big as the, the linebacker, outside linebacker. But he's the guy with good ball skills, too. He's always around the ball. He's a guy that, in many years, could be a starter for them. And behind them, you've got even good depth on the third line. Hunter Barth is a guy that's a big hitter that flashes quite a bit out there. And uh, you've got DeWan Butler from local Antioch High, who the lights come on for him this spring and fall, where he's he's providing big hits and he's getting better in coverage. Uh, So it's a deep safety group. The nickel group is is good, too. Um, We're seeing Colin Gamble start there. Uh, He's a flexible guy that can play both nickel and corner, but he's primarily been nickel. Um, they've got a, a few other guys that can swing in there from the corner position too, but nickel was a key position on the Cal defense. And then at cornerback, uh, man, what can you say about Lou Hearns? If, if you would have told Cal fans, Hey, we're going to throw this, um, this two low three star, um, 155 pound recruit out there Smosh. starting at corner they'd say oh man we're screwed but he had a really nice year and now he's come back 15 pounds heavier at at around 170 you can tell he's a lot stronger he's able to to uh, body up with these receivers better his ball skills are great he's always in the mix even if you complete a ball on him i mean it's it's just a fingertip out of grasp and he's going to bring him down and it's, it's not going for a, a deep completion or a touchdown um he's a guy that has been has been money all fall Um, you've got a number of other candidates Isaiah young is another one that freshman year weren't really sure if he was going to be a guy out there he was always around the ball in high school really good ball skills I reminded a lot of people of of, uh, one of the former Cal DBs Trey Beck Uh, but he's another one who the light came on for um, later last season and in the spring and in the fall he's had a, a really nice fall camp and he looks to have a, a, a lot of Hearns in him, too. I think they complement each other really well. The depth that they're building behind them is really interesting. Um, Jeremiah Irby is is a guy that is another two-way player with really good ball skills that's flashed a ton in fall camp earlier than I, I think a lot of people thought he would. Because I think he was thought of more primarily as a receiver in high school than he, he was a corner. But he led the team in interceptions with five. And believe me, those guys kept track of that stuff. He's always around the ball. And if the ball is in the air near him, he he's like, it's my ball. It's like, I'm the receiver. Uh, and that's great to see in the back. And I think as he continues to prove how capable he is out there he'll get more and more reps but you don't throw a a true freshman to the wolves until you know that they can they can handle the heat in in uh, real game situations instead of just you know a camp situation Uh, so he's been a guy that has has been money Tyson McWilliams is somebody that they had a lot of hope for early on Um, he's a longer athletic corner but he'd been injured pretty consistently he had shoulder shoulder surgery and uh, he came back and had a, a really nice spring, and he's been a, a solid backup rotational guy in the fall. Um, Higgins is another one that is a is a, a athletic and a little bit longer, and a guy that they hoped to um, to have out there a little bit more to, to cover these big receivers. He's he's starting to see the light come on too, and and playing plan well out there. So they're developing that that depth that they were lacking last year. That it's going to be important this season.
0: Wow. You went deep on DBs. Like you got all of them and their families in there. So that was pretty solid. I think yeah. when Cal's defense is great, their safeties are great. They'll, they'll they've had a position when you've had a lockdown guy, you know, at that corner position, they asked those guys to play man a lot and be smart and kind of read zones. But the safeties are the guys who kind of make it happen on the back end, rolling down for run support, getting depth, playing high zones, taking away those vertical passes, And so having great safeties is super important in this defense because they have to communicate a lot. And and with that communication, they have to make plays. They have to make checks in terms of rotation and get everybody in the right position. And so I think this year actually really stands to be a great year for Cal safeties. I love Daniel Scott as a football player. He is one of the most instinctive players um, on the team this year and so I think he's a guy who is uh, who stands to be really solid. Six-year, all the studying in was good last year. You talked about that TCU play. He made several other plays like that during the year where you could just see those instincts kick in. And I love – when I talk about it is, A, you have to have great instincts, but these guys have to have film study too. And so when you see somebody make a play like Scott did at TCU, it's because of his film study and – His instincts combined with his prep are what make him great. So I love to see that out of a football player. I think Daniel Scott's going to be awesome out there Uh, at the other safety position. I think you're right. Craig Woodson returning this year, coming back from an injury coach Wilcox described him as a super athletic and his praise was look uh, Daniel Scott's going to be on an NFL roster, I think, but Woodson's got crazy talent so like you're talking about a guy who's potentially gonna be an NFL player who has tools to be an NFL player and he's saying this guy's got so much talent at that other safety position and so high praise for him need to see it on the field obviously coming back from the injury but being out for a year with injury gives you perspective at that position as well and so you come back generally wanting it more uh, playing hard he's looked really good in camp Uh, and then Woody, it's finally kind of time for him to step up, right? Florida state transfer a couple years ago, uh, had some interesting years in the meantime between COVID and everything else going on. And so time for him to step up. He is, you know, the number two at both positions at that safety spot. So a guy who can make plays out there, and of course, Williams behind as well. And so you go out to that corner position, Lumadja Hearns, he's a guy, you know, it's a classic De La Salle guy, maybe not the six foot that you're looking for at that corner position. Uh, And not quite heavy enough, but just goes out on the field and balls out. And then you listen to him talk. He's a natural leader, guy that's going to work hard in the locker room. He's going to bring that accountability, which is one of the huge traits coming out of De La Salle that I've seen in a ton of players, that they bring that accountability with them. Um, And so that is great to have with your teammates. Um, And so he's going to be a leader on that defense as well from that corner position. And, that you know, the defensive backs are just kind of a unit to themselves uh, oftentimes as well because they're on an island all the time. And so he needs to be really good at that corner spot. Uh, Isaiah young on the other side, made some great plays last year. I thought he uh, he did some things from time to time where you're like, Ooh, he's got some skills. He's going to be pretty good. And so I think he is good. I like Irby uh, as a young player to develop. And you you said they don't put you out there until they know that you can go at this level. They don't put you out there until they think, you can go at this level and then you get out there and you prove whether you can play or you can't play. Right. We've seen guys come out like Lumaja Hearns last year and prove that they could go, that they could be the guy. And then other guys with great talent go out and prove that they couldn't. And so I think Irby shows good instincts. He shows great ball skills uh, and he seems to be in the right position. As I talked about, this defense is pretty intricate and they ask guys to do a lot and read a lot. And so I think as a field corner, that's, you know, you don't, you don't attack the field corner a ton because they're to the wide field. It's a long throw and gives them makeup time, but as a field corner, uh, it's a good spot to break in and to learn the spot. Uh, Colin Gamble backs up both those guys at corner. So if one corner goes down, Gamble's the next guy up, but he's the nickel. And so that nickel position, uh, huge in terms of being smart. I, I consider that nickel in with the safety group, right? Those guys making checks, attacking run being part of that whole run support uh and then being able to play man i would say for me without a doubt that nickel position is the toughest in the game to play because you are generally playing off your receiver has a two-way go you're generally going against a skill guy or a tight end who's not a great matchup for you Uh, and so it is a tough spot to play and to be great and so i think uh Colin Gamble locking that down they're having they have a lot of faith in him they expect him to play well but that's going to be a super important position for the Bears on defense as well definitely so that's it that's it for the defense talk about special teams a little bit here Jim and then we'll get to the interview with coach Wilcox
1: the special teams went from being a major liability in 2020 to you know, fairly reliable in uh, 2021 after a little bit of an uneven start. Longetto, um was one of the leaders in field goal accuracy and he made all his PATs. He, he's come back in the spring and fall with a much stronger leg. It got better last year and it's continued to get better this year. He gets con- continued loft on all of his kicks and his accuracy has been really good. He's been money all spring and fall and pushing him is uh, – a true freshman walk-on, uh, Michael Luckhurst, mixed yeah. son. And man, does he have a booming leg! Longhetto's been hitting from distance. I mean, he had a 55-yarder that cleared the crossbar by five yards. Um, I'm not sure if Luckhurst has quite that range, but his kicks they go over the top of the uprights, which you don't see that often. Maybe from really short, but not not from 45. Big leg. He's uh, just working a little bit on his consistency. He's not quite as consistent as Longhetto is right now, but um, I think they provide a good one-two punch. If if you have any issues with Longhetto's health or consistency or anything, you got a guy in the background that's ready to go. Uh, Jameson Sheehan is uh, someone that you'd like to see a little bit more consistency on depth of his kicks and height on his kicks. Uh, we don't see the the punters enough to know how much progress they've made in spring and fall. They do a lot of their work over on Maxwell when we're over in Memorial, but they brought in a a preferred walk on punter from Australia, another Aussie to follow him, Ethan Baxter. And from what I've seen of him, he has a a really big leg too. So I think that they've, they've got some, some real talent waiting in the wings there. I'd like the way that the special teams has been um, rearranged this year they uh, they do it by committee now. Charlie Ragel is not the special teams coach anymore. They don't have a special teams coach. So Angus McClure works uh, on the place kicking. Uh, and then each of the other coaches have individual responsibilities with the various units. And they're able to fine tune and drill down on some skill sets that kind of get lost in the mix sometimes if you've got just mainly just one guy out there coaching them. So it's interesting to see them break down different elements of the the punt team and the kick team and the coverage teams and everything that they're they're doing out there in, in more minute detail. And I think you're going to see that pay off. Plus, they've got a lot more athleticism out there. They've got some really fast gunners and guys that are getting down the field quickly that, um, you know, before they they had a lot of scrappy guys, bottom of the roster guys out there that – might not see any action anywhere else besides special teams. And they've got some, some really good athletes out there right now. I think it's going to be a really interesting year to watch this group.
0: Absolutely. And it's a team that believes in playing their athletes on special teams, right? Some teams try to put their second guys in and get, you know, other guys reps. This team believes in playing their athletes. If their athletes are the guys that can make the plays out there on special teams. So it will be good to have, you know, the twos and, and the other guys go down and run and make plays. And that's oftentimes where you make a name for yourself. But if you need that athlete, those are the guys that are going to run down for this team. Uh, I agree with you on Longhetto. I think he's done a nice job, kind of locked down that kicking position. I think the coaches would like to have a kickoff and PAT guy be separate guys, right? Because a kickoff, big, booming kick, got to kind of rip through it. Um, And then PAT and field goal, you want to be consistent. And so it's a different swing for you when you do that. The one thing about kicker is it's just like being a golfer like you have so much time in between doing what you do for every stroke that you need to be kind of dialed in and be able to grind. I got to play with Eddie Murphy or excuse me, Eddie Murray when I was down in Tampa and I had come from kickers to that point, young kickers who were always kind of a little intense and worried and kind of freaked out about everything. Eddie Murray came out there as like a 247 year vet. Like he was, he was like had been playing for 16 years, I think at that point. And we were doing our pregame field goal practice and Sam called him out. Let's go time to kick field goals. And Eddie's literally sitting over on a bench, reading a newspaper. That's all he was doing, sitting there reading a newspaper. And Sam calls him up. He comes out and kicks, boom, strokes the first one. And then he said, you want to move it back? Right. Because coaches are always kind of deferring to these guys, trying to keep their mentality right. And he's like, yeah, sure, whatever. And so they move it back 10 yards hits it again. He goes, you want to move it back? He goes, whatever, I don't care. Like as long as Sam wanted to keep moving it back, Eddie was just going to keep stroking him through because it was just that consistency and the ability to grind and focus on your exact task at that moment. And so that's what kickers need. Uh, and, and to be able to specialize between a field goal kicker and a kickoff guy allows you to just work on that single stroke of one or the other. And so I think uh, Luckhurst could be the guy. Right. He's got a huge leg, but like all young kickers, he needs to find that grind. He needs to find the consistency uh, to be the kickoff guy. So he'll smoke one out of the end zone and then he'll come by, come back and, you know, shank one that puts you on the, uh, you know, gives him the ball coming out with a penalty and so uh, puts you behind the chains. And so it's tough if you have that guy as your kickoff guy in terms of what you do to your defense. And as we know, uh with coach wilcox at the helm the staff has a defensive orientation and so uh you want to give yourself the best opportunity in terms of punts i think sheehan uh i love him like as a dude he's awesome i was rapping with him during the spring game last year (laughs) like just funny as can be entertaining great part of team chemistry for this team uh i think that he could uh you know have a great year this year that rugby style aussie style punting as you talked about um and then uh you know, in terms of new blood, you're going to have to see if you get new blood at those positions, it's because, A, they want to separate it, like kickoff and PAT, or B, because somebody's not doing their job. And so as long as those guys hold down their job, they're going to be fine and special teams is going to be good. It's when a guy doesn't hold down his job that you start looking for answers, and that's when it can become a circus on special teams.
1: Yeah, and then um, we've got returners, too. A lot of dynamic athletes out there that they're rotating through. A lot of the receivers are yes. are uh, guys that are getting a lot of looks back there. Jeremiah Hunter's seeing a lot. Maven Anderson, uh, Justin Baker, um, even Hearn's the guys super elusive back there. Yeah. So they have a lot of different ways they can go, and all those guys are, are are quick and athletic. So I think that can be a plus in the return game, both on punts and on kicks.
0: Yeah, and I wouldn't be shocked at some point to see Jay not back there on kickoff return either. So. Like he's yeah. a guy that's just elusive in the field. He's young, right? It's true freshman coming in. But I think at some point in his career, he's going to be catching those deep balls and he'll be a guy that will be electric out
1: there. Yeah. And if there's any um, need to underscore how important place kickers are to to the the team, I mean, look back at your... Citrus Bowl winning season when you guys went 10 and 2 without Doug Bryan with those clutch kicks against Arizona and UCLA and just all the other things he did throughout the year. I mean, <laughs> that could have been a team in a fringe bowl instead of a New Year's Day bowl.
0: No so, doubt. And the funny part is, and I, I tell people this from time to time, is I don't think we actually converted a field goal during spring ball that year. <laughs> like, we, wow. we came into that season like because we had just lost Robbie Keane, who was a great kicker. And so we came into that season. We're like, oh man, like this is going to be rough. And I'm sure he, he was kicking just fine away from team and all that. But we, I don't think we converted one in team. And I was the holder. So I was right there for it all. And then we got in a season and Doug was absolute money. And so you're right. Having a great kicker really makes a huge difference. So that does it. You've seen the defensive side of the ball, seen the offensive side of the ball. We've talked special teams. We're going to go to Coach Wilcox's interview right now. Joining us now, head coach Justin Wilcox. And one of those things about being a college football player coach is that you are working all off-season in the weight room, in the film room, on the field, throwing with your teammates, doing everything you can to improve at your craft, and it all culminates in week one. It is week one of football season. Where is this team at? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's game one, as
2: you know, Mike. I mean, it is – Been a long time since the guys got to play. And for a lot of them, really their first considerable action. You know, it's not like there's a ton of incumbent starters coming back. I mean, there's a lot of guys that are going to be playing significant reps for the first time. And so um, there'll be some butterflies, a lot of excitement. Um, We're aiming to play a perfect game. I don't know if that'll happen, you know, but uh, uh, the, uh, you know, that energy... You can feel it. It's a tangible thing. And and when we go to meetings and practice, there's a buzz. And the guys are getting excited to play.
0: So obviously a huge hit this year with the team. Um, Coming into camp, Brett Johnson just got back off of the hip injury from last year. Missed the entire season. A guy who anchored that defensive line. Really a solid player. Maybe the best player on the team. Coming in, hopes are high. And once again, he's got what looks like a season-ending injury. Talk about what that means to this team psychologically and in terms of scheme with personnel.
2: Yeah, you, you really feel for Brett because he put in so much work uh, to come back from the injury a year and a half ago. And and he, um, if you didn't know he was injured a year and a half ago, you wouldn't have known the difference in terms of the level he was playing at this fall. And uh, it's hard to, you know, rationalize why these things happen, but he's working his butt off and he really had just kind of a freak <clears throat> injury uh, this past week that's going to cause him to miss this next season uh 2022 season and just really feel for him because he's a incredibly uh, uh well-liked member of the team uh, incredibly respected uh you know the the player he is kind of speaks for itself he's a he's a fantastic football player a future NFL player and uh having him go down it certainly we all hurt for him and uh i don't know you know there's not one person that's going to necessarily pick up where Brett left off. It's going to be a number of guys that we're going to lean on and we like the guys in that room. Um, Is it ideal uh, losing Brett? No, of course not. But uh, you know, we'll support him through his rehabilitation. He will be back uh, a year from now. And in the meantime, um, these, some of these other guys are going to get some more opportunities and uh, they'll be uh, I'm sure excited to, you know, get their chance to go out and compete.
0: How much urgency do you put on those guys, right? When you talk to them, as a coach myself, I know coaching high school completely different. I don't get to pick a lot of my guys. We kind of got to play with what we've got. But when you have a kid that goes down who is a star player, how much urgency do you put on the guys behind him to kind of step up, fill that role with that next man up mentality?
2: Well, we try and create that urgency, you know, last January and in spring football and in summer workouts and in fall camp. And you really don't want it to take an injury to create urgency. And I don't think you know, these guys have been working hard and uh, now maybe their roles may increase because, you know, with, uh, with Brett being out and Derek Wilkins who went down in spring and Stanley McKenzie, who's not here this fall, there's some other guys that are going to have some more opportunities, but um, I don't, you know, we don't necessarily sit down with them and and tell them, Hey, now you got to start working hard. I mean, those guys have been working hard uh, since January and now they're just going to have maybe more opportunities uh, to go out and play in a game than they potentially would have had Brett or those other guys not been uh, dinged up or gone. So um, we are looking forward to those guys, continuing to, to improve. And as I mentioned, it's not going to be one guy that we sit there and say, Hey, you need to pick up where Brett left off. I don't think that's fair to anybody. So uh, we're, you know, Andrew Browning a hell of a coach and he's going to get those guys ready to play.
0: So on the other side of the ball, you know, new era at the quarterback position. Jack Plummer comes in. He's looked pretty sharp. I like him, you know, as a quarterback, former quarterback myself. I can be pretty picky, and I, I like him at that spot. Uh, and he has a bevy of tools, bevy of targets to throw to as well. Talk about Jack Plummer, the offense. Kind of where do you think they are coming out of camp?
2: Yep. Yeah, uh, so a lot of new faces, right, with uh, Jack starting with him. And he is a – Jack's a talented passer. And he's a competitive guy. He's a strong leader. He's done a a really, really nice job in a short amount of time here. He's very bright. Uh, Football makes sense to him. He likes football. He studies it. So, uh, you know, along with that, we got some new faces, uh, really, at a lot of the skill positions. And, you know, the receiver group, uh, J. Mike, Maven, uh, Jeremiah, uh, you know, Monroe, who's done a really nice job as well. Uh, Mason Mangum's had a great camp. Tommy Christakos has made some really big plays. Uh, so a lot of, you know, kind of new faces that people maybe had not have seen, but I, uh, you know, they don't have a ton of experience, but they are talented. And uh, when you take those that group with the tight ends and Jermaine Terry, who's had a phenomenal off season, uh, Kalecki Latu, Mojo's really improved. And then Damien, who has played, and Jade Knott, who's a new piece, who's going to get a significant action. Um, I think just a lot of new faces, but some very talented guys, and I think they're eager to go out and you know get their opportunity. They've been watching maybe from the sidelines for a year or more, and now it's their shot. And I think they're really eager to get out there and uh, make a statement. And uh, they love playing together, and and I'm excited
0: to watch them. And so all of that hinges on the play of the offensive line, right? All of those guys are skills guys, a specialist. We always talk about those guys because they're in front of the cameras, but literally the most important part of any team is the offensive and defensive line. That's where it all starts. That's where it kind of, that's where you set the tone. Talk about the old line, a bunch of new faces, got some transfers coming in, got some guys that we know talk about that, that group.
2: Yeah. So the first group has really kind of solidified itself, especially, uh, the, kind of the left four. So you got, you know, Ben Coleman playing tackle. Brian Driscoll's had a very good camp. So has Ben. Sendo uh, is man in the center spot. Matt Sindrick, Spencer Lavelle's really taking a, a leap in the second half of fall camp at right guard. Uh, and then at right tackle, you know, Braden Rome and, and TJ Session, who transferred in from uh, Montana State, are doing a really nice job. So we feel like those guys have some really good chemistry. Uh, the second half of camp, they've done a, a good job. Uh, ultimately we got to go out and do it on game day when there's live bullets and things are changing. And it, you know, the uh, just, it's different. You know, we all know that there's nothing like the game for any of these guys. And so uh, we like where they're headed um, and we got to continue to develop the depth. You know, I think uh, Everett Johnson's got to continue to improve. One guy who's really had a good camp is uh, Siwape who's a freshman from Reno, big, strong guy. Um, You know, Bashan Sweeney, Swinney, unfortunately, has been dinged up, uh, hasn't practiced much this fall camp. We're hoping to get him back as soon as possible. We need him and Ender to continue to improve and shore up that the depth uh, at O-line. And again, you never know when it's their turn. It takes one
0: play, so. Yeah, and and again, so important. We started with kind of the defensive line of Brett Johnson. Let's talk about the back end of the defense, right? You started on that side of the ball. Obviously, you're a head coach now, so it's all your baby, but defense is kind of where your background is talk about the defense and the improvement. I think at linebacker last year, coming in linebacker was young, questionable this year. You guys are solid at the linebacker spot.
2: Yeah. Um, the middle of the defense, you know, we, again, uh, losing Brett, uh, stings, but we still like some of the, you know, the, the interior D line is a little bit like that receiver group. There's just a lot of young faces that have talent. They just haven't done it in the game yet. So, uh, you know Ethan Saunders, Ricky Correa, Jaden Roberts, uh, Darius Long, Akili, Nate Burrell is a true freshman. Is going to get in the game. Uh, Gunner, who's been with us a long time. You know we feel good about those guys. They're just not a ton of experience. And then the inside linebackers with Femi, uh, Jack Sermon, Nate Regina, uh Blake Enzolatis, Trey Pastors. A lot of guys that can go in the game there. Uh, Moi Yosefa. Um, there's just a lot of good uh, good football players in that group. And then the outside linebackers, when you talk Braxton Croto, um, you know, Ottawa, who came to us from UCLA, has done a really good job. Him and Xavier Carlton both. Uh, I There's going to be a rotation going. You're going to see Ottawa and Xavier. You're going to see Braxton. Miles Jernigan, who's had a really good camp, um, excited about him as well. So uh, a lot more rotations probably going on in that front seven.
0: And I'm, you know, we always talk about kind of chemistry stuff and other things as coach when I get on with you and talk about that rotations as a player, right? I was a quarterback. I didn't want any rotations at my spot. Like I didn't want to miss a snap at all. How much do you leave a guy in when he's feeling it? How much do you give him a blow when he's, you know, tired? How 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 do you play that? And how does that kind of, what decision goes into that for you as a coach? Yeah, on
2: defense, um, you know, there are certain positions and and players that they're going to play until they need a break. And then there's other that we will have, there's other spots where we have planned rotations and, uh, some of its ability and performance and some of its pace of play, you know? And so some of these teams that run a lot of plays and, uh, up-tempo offense, if there's not a huge discrepancy between, you know, two players, then you're going to roll them. Cause you want fresh bodies in there. Um, Other times your best guy is significantly better than the next and he's going to play until he needs a break. Um, And so it just kind of depends, you know, and uh, especially a defensive line uh, outside linebacker uh, inside linebacker to a degree, you're going to see a pretty good rotation going and it's it's not one for one, you know, it might be a two to one or three to one rotation, but you'll see a rotation.
0: And so now let's talk about the back end of that defense, defensive backs, how are you feeling about your defensive backfield this year going in? Obviously some, some guys in Scott coming back, Lamaja Hearns coming back, you know, really good football players back there. Talk about the other side guys that are filling in as well.
2: Yeah. I think Lou's had a good camp. Daniel, uh, same. I think these, the other safeties have done a great job. Uh, Craig Woodson coming off of an injury, but not only Craig, but miles and, and Ray Woody. I mean, I think all those guys can help us They're Uh, they played well in camp. Now they got to go do it in the game. Um, Colin Gamble had a really good camp playing nickel and he can also play corner, but we're trying to really just focus on him playing nickel. And then, you know, Isaiah Young, uh, Tyson McWilliams, um, you know, there's been a few guys, Jeremiah Irby, who's a true freshman has made a lot of good plays in camp, Uh, but there's still, he's still growing, but uh, you know, again, that left corner or the field corner spot, uh, a couple of those, you know, younger safeties. They just haven't had a lot of experience. So it'll be time to, for them to get their feet wet, uh, starting this weekend.
0: Yeah. And finally going into the UC Davis game, right. It, a coach that, you know, coach Hawk, he, uh, if I read correctly, he gave you your first GA job coming out of school. Yeah. So you've coached with him, you know, him talk about your relationship and talk about what this game means.
2: Yeah. I think the world of coach Hawk, I've known him, uh, quite a long time now. And, um, I was a grad assistant for him at Boise State way back in the day and uh, just a super guy, uh, really a fantastic motivator, really good football coach. So you know what you're going to get with them. I mean, they're going to be well coached. Um, They're going to play very hard. They're going to be, you know, the schematics are going to be very strong and, you know, I just uh, got a ton of respect for them and we know what kind of team they're going to have coming in here. So we got, Uh, not only for the coaches and the program, but we got a lot of respect for the players and some of the guys we actually know.
0: Well, coach, I appreciate you coming on with us here today. I am looking forward to a football team is never finished product, right? Until the last snap of the bowl game, but I'm looking forward to seeing the product that starts the season this year for the bears. Yeah. So are we. So word from the coach. I think uh, that energy is there for this team. I think they're ready for game one, obviously having the Aggies UC Davis come in, uh, a great matchup, right? A regional team. You're going to have good energy in the stands, uh, but you're not going in to play Oregon game one. So always nice to have a game to kind of knock the rust off, get the energy out. uh, But you still got to play good because the Aggies can knock you off. Coach Hawk uh, being a guy who's pretty sharp uh, and will always, that team will always be well coached. So Jim, I appreciate you coming on here today. As always, your insights, incredibly helpful.
1: Thanks, Mike. Good to be here.
0: And so that'll do it for our defensive preview. Look forward to the Bears versus Aggies this Saturday. Appreciate you guys watching. As always, you know, we're all big fans of of Cal football as well. I'm looking forward to this year celebrating my partner, Joe Starkey. If you haven't heard the news, Joe Starkey retiring. And so I am looking forward to celebrating maybe the greatest uh, voice in college football right now, Joe Starkey, my partner, my mentor, uh, as we go into the season. Appreciate you guys watching. I'll catch you next time on the next ultimate insider. I'm Mike Pulaski. Go Bears.